persecution can come in many forms. Persecution can come in many forms. It can come from within your family or without, and it can come from all sorts of places and people and all sorts of points. But the thing to do about it is to get thick skin so that it doesn't penetrate into you or alter your purpose. Now that the celebration of Independence Day, the 4th of July, is done, and the fireworks have stopped creating dynamic displays to ooh and ah at. It, it's time to discuss one reason, just one reason, why we need those kinds of holiday breaks every now and then. Persecution can cause stress, uh, an undue amount of stress in your life and make you feel like you need a holiday uh, pretty much every weekend at the end of your work week. We all know that persecution can be a very difficult thing to endure, especially if you've ever watched a video of the Passion of Christ or uh, seeing Jesus receiving uh, lashes upon his body where he broke the skin and flesh came out. Persecution can be a very difficult thing to endure. Jesus took those lashes and that beating so that we would not have to, uh, but for most people, persecution can be a very tough thing to deal with depending on the situation and depending on who you're being persecuted by. But Jesus said many times in many ways that those of us who follow after him would be persecuted and that we should expect to be persecuted along every aspect of our faith walk. As African-American people, we can be persecuted for the very color of our skin, and as African-American people who are Christians, we can be persecuted for the fact that we love God and honor Jesus as the Son of God and believe in the Holy Spirit and its power and that it rests, rules, and abide in our life. We can be persecuted for our beliefs. And the triple threat in that uh, the first being that we are African-American, if we're African-American, if you are African-American, uh, that's threat number one to persecution. And the second threat to persecution is if you are a Christian. So African-American number one, Christian number two, but the third threat is if you are an American, uh, number three. Uh, so you can get persecuted along your faith walk and along your daily journey in three different ways from three different aspects just because of the color of your skin, your beliefs, and just because of where you were born. In, in fact, as a Christian, let me focus on number two for a minute, you being a Christian. If you've ever worn a cross, and I wear my cross openly regularly so that people can see it, but if you've ever worn a cross, or a t-shirt or a hat uh, with a cross on it or saying the name Jesus and you've worn a cross or a t-shirt or a hat around people who do not honor Christ uh, can see it for example if you wear it walking through a mall or any place where there are masses of people 
and I do that regularly. The reaction of the people who do not honor Christ and the people who see my cross or my t-shirt or my hat that says, I love Jesus, the reactions, they're absolutely incredible. Because I often see a scowl or an outright look of hatred on their faces. It's as if I intruded on their space or into their day uh, when all I'm doing is walking by. In this life, and especially in the ministry, to get through and to endure any type of persecution, you have to get and or grow to a place in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, and even in your flesh, where if the devil throws anything at you, even the devil throws his best at you, it won't bother you. It will bounce off you. You have to get and or grow to a place in your mind and in your heart, in your spirit, and in your flesh, where if the devil throws wrenches in your relationships, that it won't rock you. It will repel off of you and it will rebound off of you. You have to get and or grow to a place in your mind and in your heart, in your spirit and in your flesh, where when the devil throws sickness at your body, it won't unsettle you. It will not upset you. You have to get and or grow to a place in your mind and in your heart, in your spirit and in your flesh so that when the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy whatever you do and anything that you work on or plan or endeavor to do that it won't damage you it won't destroy you and it will not deter you see persecution is part of the process and it can push you into your purpose greetings brothers and sisters I'm Pastor Keith and welcome to another episode of a pastor's passion today's episode is titled persecution can push you into your purpose today's episode is titled persecution can push you into your purpose and the reason that this subject is such a, a, a funny one for me is because God uses a number of things to help you reach your destiny and to help you achieve your goals or his goals in your life but persecution God why do you use persecution to help bring me into my purpose and that's one of the things that we're going to discuss today in the Word of God so open your Bibles to Philippians uh, 4:13, because I know many people including myself who ask of God all the time and I ask often God, why do I have to constantly be persecuted from this aspect and that person and this re this relationship and through that situation? Why do I have to go through this kind of persecution in order to prove myself to you that I am your child? I am a disciple. I am 
one of the ones that will step up and do what it is that you would call me and have called me and would have me to do. Persecution is a tough thing to deal with. So let's open your Bible today to Philippians 4.13 uh, because it says, I can do all things. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, which means that I can endure persecution. I can do whatever it is that God has given me to do, and I can do it because God has said that I can, and Jesus strengthens me along the way. And that means that whatever it is you have to go through, you can do it because Jesus will give you the strength to go through it. And with that strength, you can go through it, you can walk through it, you can endure it, you can take it, and you can live through it. So the moment that you embrace and say to yourself that I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me, you are well on your way to getting past the persecution that has been placed in your path so that you can get to the process where persecution pushes you into your purpose. See, if you let persecution bring you down, you will walk around saying, I just lost my job and I can't find another one, rather than I lost my job so I went and started my own company. And if you let persecution bring you down, you will walk around saying, I can't pay my rent and I don't have the money to be able to do so rather than I can't pay my rent and God sent people to pay it for me. And if you let persecution bring you down, you will walk around saying to yourself that, oh, I can't heal from the hurt that this woman or this man or this husband or this wife has brought upon me rather than you saying, Thank you, Lord, for moving him or her out of my way because they were blocking the door to the blessing and the person that you are sending me. If you let persecution bring you down, if you let persecution bring you down, you will walk around saying, oh, I'm sick, and the doctor tells me there is no hope. Rather than saying, I know that God is a healer and no matter what doctor or what diagnosis comes my way, if they can't see God's work in this situation, that's their problem. Brothers and sisters, the word of God says, I can do all things. You can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth you. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. And I believe that wholeheartedly. In my heart, and my soul, down to the depths of my spirit. I believe it, I feel it in my body, I feel it in my bones. It is a fire that raises up inside of me each and every single time I think about it. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. See, if you don't stand for anything, you will fall for anything. But if you stand for something, 
then you won't fall for anything. But I want you to understand that persecution is part of the process that pushes you into your purpose. You can't reach a place of protection without first going through persecution. You can't reach a level of perfection without going through some persecution. Oftentimes, you can't even achieve or get a promotion without going through some type of persecution. So you cannot get to your purpose without going through persecution. Few people will ever tell you uh, that the disciples, all the disciples that Jesus chose, uh, lost their lives in some unfathomable ways. The disciples were not only persecuted to the point of death, they were persecuted to death. Persecution has a purpose in your life, in my life, in the lives of everyone on this planet. And the devil, he's on a clock. He knows that he has a time limit, but God is not mocked. So there is no alternative method with it. You have to go through the persecution that God has ordained for you to go through. If your path leads to straight to the throne room, you have to go through persecution to get there. Don't think it's going to be easy and don't think the devil is going to make it easy. If your path leads straight to the throne room, especially where he once was, you're going to have to go through some persecution to get there. If your path leads to victory, you are going to have to go through some persecution to get there. Whenever your path leads to success, you are going to have to go through some persecution to get there. Persecution is part of the process that pushes you into your purpose. And you cannot even grow or mature in Christ without going through some persecution to get you there. You cannot even grow or mature in the church or in the ministry without experiencing some of the same persecution that the disciples did. And persecution is not designed to punish you. It's designed to prepare you. And it's designed to push you. And even though persecution typically comes from outside methods, you yourself can be self-persecuting. Yeah, you can persecute yourself by saying, uh, shoulda, woulda, coulda, I shoulda done this, or man, I coulda done that, or man, I wish I would have done that. Uh, and you can walk around saying, man, if I just had that to do all over again, that is self-persecuting. Self-persecution is nothing more than prosecution of your own progress. Let me say that again. Self-persecution is nothing more than prosecution of your own progress. You didn't create your own purpose. God did. And you don't order your own steps. God does. 
So you shouldn't be worried about uh, shoulda, woulda, coulda, or man, if I had done this or that. God orders your steps. And anytime, every time you walk with God, you will always get to your destination. So either God orders your steps or you will walk alone. You choose. God ordering your steps or you choose your own path. You choose. Which one do you think is going to work? Brothers and sisters, God is not going to send you somewhere that he does not already plan on being there. People with the best intentions can persecute you just to help push you into your purpose. And we know that God works all things out for the good of those who love him or are the called according to his purpose. We know that all things, not some things, not a few things, not this section of things or that group of things, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. So God works all things out for our good even when the people do something bad. See, people can push you out of one job into another and people can push you out of one church into another and people can push you out of one home into another. And in those situations, if you doubt God's ability to work things out, all things out for your good, people don't have to persecute you because you do it for them. Stop doubting your decisions when you've prayed to God for an answer. Stop doubting the steps you take when you've prayed for God to order them. Stop doubting the doors you enter when you've prayed for God to open them. And stop trying to go back into doors when you've asked God to close them. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we, me, you, we can be our own worst enemy. The word enemy is pronounced in a me. Enemy. The word enemy is pronounced in a me. It's in me. You can be your own worst enemy. And we can be our biggest critics. We can be our biggest obstacles and we can be the cause of our own fear. And all of that simply comes under the heading of self-persecution. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that there is nothing too big for God to fix. There is no problem that you have faced that God cannot put past you. And there is no issue that you have ever had to face that God cannot take upon himself and tell you how to ignore it. You've heard me say before that God does not make us over for a moment. He makes us over for a mission. God does not prune us just to play a part. 
he prunes us for his purpose. Brothers and sisters, God is not going to mold us, shape us, remake us, fix us and repair us just so we can go back into the same problems and the same mess that we just left and that he just pulled us up out of. He puts us on the potter's wheel so that he can take this problem, this piece of clay and throw it away and this problem, this piece of clay and throw it away so that by the time we emerge we are a new creature. We are new in Christ. We have been reborn. We have been reshaped. We have been remade. We have been restored. We've been renewed. We've been reclaimed. We've been redeveloped. And God does not do that for us just to play a part. He does that for his purpose. God does all these things to prepare us for the next level, to show us what to do at the next level, to push us to the next level. As men and women of God, we cannot grow staying right here in this same spot. If I stood right here in this same spot while this minute passed and that minute passed and this hour passed, by the time you came back next week, I, I would be stagnant. I would still be standing here in the same spot. I have to move. I have to go forward. I have to take a step forward. I can't stand right here in the same spot and expect things to happen. Expect me to get to my purpose. Expect me to reach my destiny and fulfill my destiny. I have to move. You cannot stay standing in the same spot and expect to grow and to mature and to get to where God is trying to take us to. We cannot get to the next level without taking the step to get there. So let's talk about your purpose for a moment. If you've never heard of it, let me introduce you to the five-fold ministry. It's, it's the five-fold ministry, so open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 reads, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12 says, For the perfecting of the saints, that's for your perfection, you're the saint, you are to be perfected for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Your purpose has a greater purpose. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, when we're all united, when we're all on one accord. Verse 13, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man or woman, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Then we henceforth be no more children. That means we're not standing in the same spot. We grow and mature. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, you may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Brothers and sisters, listen. 
well, let's talk about your purpose for just a moment. The fivefold ministry gives us those five leaders, and underneath those leaders are those who support those leaders. See, everyone can't be a leader because there would be no one who follows. So let's talk for a moment about what it is that you are called to do in the body of Christ. If you're called to be a leader, stand up and lead. Be a leader. Be the one who will get up and do things when nobody else will because nobody else is gifted to, because nobody else is anointed to, because nobody else has the passion or the purpose to. Let's talk about you being a follower where you have to support the leader. You have to be there when nobody else can. You have to do things because nobody else can. You bet you have to get up and show that you are worthy to do things because nobody else can. You're a follower. You support the leader. And being a follower is a great, absolutely outstanding purpose. Whatever you are most passionate about or what you are most moved by is what you are most gifted in. God placed signs and signals inside of us so that we would learn how to recognize our gifts and then he would show, send others to show us how to use them. That seed is planted and God sends someone else to water it and it's all a part of your purpose. For example, if every time you go to a hospital you get queasy down here in your stomach before you ever get to the door, it's part of your purpose. Or if every time you go to a funeral and you get queasy every time it's time to get up and view the body, part of your purpose. Let me tell you that whatever you are most passionate about or whatever you are most moved by, it's part of your purpose. If it makes you sick to the point to where you can't stand it, you shouldn't be doing it. But if it makes you sick to the point to where you have to do something about it, that's part of your purpose. If you can't stand to see somebody mistreated, that's what you're passionate about, it's what you move by, and it's part of your purpose. It's what you should be doing. So again, if every time you go to the hospital and you feel queasy before you get to the door, and then you feel an overwhelming level of compassion by the time you get up on the patient floors. It's part of your passion. It's part of your purpose. It's what you are most moved, most moved by. And it simply means that you should go there more and more. If you've been gifted to sing to where it brings tears to people's eyes, that's your purpose. If you're gifted to teach or preach where it brings people to conviction in their hearts and they turn around and give their lives to Christ. That's your purpose. Brothers and sisters, your purpose and your passion are in this thing together. And persecution 
is just part of the process to help push you right into it. Listen, if you want to know the reason why the devil and all his demons worked so hard to persecute, prosecute, and plague your life, here's the reason why. Satan and his army of demons were all once heavenly angels. They were all once heavenly angels. And they are angry because they are no longer there. They no longer have the right to be called heavenly angels. They were evicted from heaven. They rose up against God and there was a war in heaven and they were evicted. They were banished to earth. So now, because you, me, we, as men and women of God, have been chosen to replace the heavenly angels that were kicked out of heaven, oh, they are so angry. And now you know why they are so angry. And they are dead set. They are hell-bent on destroying your chance, my chance, our chance of making it to heaven in the place where they once stood. Think about it for a minute. Think about it for a moment. Imagine that if you can, for a moment, you're an angel in heaven and something goes wrong and you get convinced to follow this section of people who are going up to you know, push their chest out against the living God and you get swiped away, you get banished to earth and then you see these new creatures, you see these beings uh, being uh, prepared and purposed to go take your place. Wouldn't you be angry? Wouldn't you be angry? And that's why Satan and his army are angry. And that's because they know that they cannot take that place again. You have been purposed to do so. So a heavenly angel who is now a demon, you have been chosen. That's how important you are to God. You have been chosen to replace. You are purposed to replace a heavenly angel in heaven. God's plan is always perfect. His process is always perfect and his purpose is always perfect. Even God's positioning is perfect. God has given you and me the right to come, the opportunity to come, the ability to come, the passion to come, and the purpose come to heaven and live with him for eternity. That's how important you are to God. But this generous gift and this marvelous miracle and this incredible inspiration does not come without persecution. Satan and his army of demons are going to see to it that you go through it. Persecution is part of the process to help push you into your purpose. And your purpose on earth is one thing, but your purpose to get to heaven is something completely and totally different. I'm Pastor Keith, and thanks for watching another episode of A Pastor's Passion. May God bless you, and may He keep you today and always. In Jesus' name.